Hey there and welcome. Are you ready to put your digital marketing on steroids? Well, you've come to the right place. This is the Impressive Digital Marketer Podcast. Digital marketing runs through our veins. So listen up to get some seriously impressive ideas for your business. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Impressive Digital Marketer podcast. This is episode number 22. You're with Don, the automation specialist at Impressive. And today I'm having a chat with Rob, our managing director about sales and marketing automation and how and why businesses should be doing it. Thanks for the introduction, Don. So for our listeners, um, perhaps you can give them a bit of insight into, you know, what do you mean by sales and marketing automation? So in essence, I think sales and marketing automation is looking at providing the best customer experience you can from the moment a lead comes to your website, whether that's from a Google ad or a Facebook ad from whatever channel they come through, they come through your website and you're creating that experience and automating it from that point where they come in, put in their details, they get an email for your organization that passes on to a salesperson and then automating that sales process and helping, I guess, the people and the processes throughout your business. Yeah, it's interesting, Don. So just on that, right, you mentioned the word lead in there. So, you know, a lot of businesses that A, we speak to and, and B, that we are um, essentially, I guess, pitching to, to win their business, they refer to these, um, you know, we want more leads. And, and I challenge that, that question, you know, what, what, what defines a lead? What is, what is a lead? Um, and I guess in the marketing automation space, you would know this very well that you know a lead is essentially just a, an email address and a name. So it's not really that qualified or even warrants someone as a sales consultant to even give them a call. So perhaps in your day-to-day, how do you move prospects or leads to different parts of that um, overall channel? And then how do you use marketing automation to enable them to go through the different steps? So I guess it depends what they're coming in from, where you start. Um, Essentially, if they're coming in just for an ebook download, they might not necessarily be quite ready to buy. Depending what information you get from that, maybe your salespeople are ready to speak to them. Maybe this lead is really just getting an idea or they're at the start of the funnel, just that in awareness. Yes. As these people are getting more familiar with what you do and what they need, um, it's kind of like the best way to think of it, I think, is when you have your headlights on, you can only see what's immediately in front of you and then outside of that light you can't you don't really know what you need so mm, if someone's right at the, if yeah. someone's right at the beginning of this they're not really quite sure but your ebook is really telling them what's actually to come yeah so when you have the processes in place as a business and as a sales team to identify where people are at you can start to automate some processes to say you know you get a new lead you only know email and phone number sales aren't quite ready to call them but you know, a couple of weeks later, you send them a bit of content that's a bit more involved, which has a bit more detail. But to get to give that information, you ask for industry and how big their business is, mm. which then becomes maybe a bit more qualified to actually speak to sales. So sales are actually speaking to really highly qualified leads. They save their time because they're not really wasting their time and I guess your money as a business owner speaking to people that aren't quite ready to go yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one, right? So even from experience here at Impressive, the way that we run our sales and marketing channel is very much geared towards what you've just mentioned. So, you know, a lot of these new tools, whether it's HubSpot or, or ActiveCampaign, 
they have a function which is called lead scoring, which I I know you're very familiar with because you, you you run this on a daily basis. But you know, a downloadable which we would tag as a lead is not a very qualified um, prospect as, as as yet. They're very very early in their in their in their journey. So we would probably tag that as ten points out of fifty. Um, and and ideally, what we're trying to do here is take them down through through the through the the, the marketing funnel. Um, so we would tag that um, a, as a lead. We would assign it to a sales consultant. However, that sales consultant won't actually get in contact with that customer just yet or that prospect. Um, and the aim of the game, it's, it's almost like a bit of a game, is to try and get 50 out of 50 as far as the lead score is concerned. So the next step in that funnel is then to, um, you know, perhaps, like you said, provide another piece of value add or an educational piece of content to that prospect, given now that we have their email, um, on how we can benefit them um, on a particular service or how we can assist them in, the, in their overall, I guess, marketing function. So perhaps that next piece of content is, you know, the, tep, the 10 things on how to scale your, your, your business in 2019. Um, for them, in order for them to, to get this piece of content, they would have to give us in exchange a, a number of other um, pieces of information. It might be a phone number and perhaps what their marketing budget is. Um, if that prospect then provides us with that information, we will then provide them with that piece of content and that's an additional 10 points. So ultimately now this prospect is sitting at 20 out of 50. Some, some businesses will see that as a qualified lead, um, which we're in the agency world or I guess in the sales world would refer to that as a marketing qualified lead, which means that marketing have essentially done their job. From there, it's handed over to the salesperson who will get in contact with this um, with this prospect um, and then further qualify them and tag them into the sales process. Um, so what are your thoughts on, um, I guess, moving them throughout the, the different stages? You know, I mean, if we look at a typical sales funnel, it's a subscriber from a subscriber to a lead, from a lead to an MQL or a marketing qualified lead. And then marketing would then hand that over to a sales um, individual. And then the sales individual would further qualify them into an SQL or a sales qualified lead. And then really from there, that prospect becomes an opportunity or a customer. So what are your thoughts, Don, on you know, how to move the contact or the prospect throughout that, throughout that process? I think it actually would begin with starting from the start of what that actual sales process looks like. What does a salesperson actually need to know? What does this qualified lead look like? You know, what are your lead times of a lead? How quickly are they ready to buy? How long does the sales cycle take? Because I think that's all important information for you to have in your CRM. And that's all data that you need to have in it in order to actually know where someone's at. Because, you know, you can't automate things without knowing if someone's just come in. You don't know if they're already in contact with someone. You don't know if, you know, a proposal has been sent. All of that data actually needs to live within the CRM and you actually are able to see top level where all of your leads that are in there are at. So if you have that information, you can start to say, oh, somewhere in this funnel, you know, uh, along the middle somewhere where someone's quite interested, got in touch with the salesperson, but nothing proceeded, something's broken here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that data is there for you to kind of analyze and push them along. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, like ha having, having had exposure to, to, to different agencies, you know, a lot of agencies will will claim that they've generated X amount of leads for their clients, but really they're not very qualified leads and they, they hand over a spreadsheet to the client with you know a bunch of email addresses, a name and potentially a phone number. And they say, you know, that's pretty much our job's done. Um, over to you, Mr. Customer, you know, over to your sales guys. And then the client 
you know, receives these these so-called leads, the, the sales consultants then get on the phone and, and, and next thing you know, they've got a very terrible conversion rate. And I guess that's where automation can come in is that before it even gets to that sales consultant, we can drip feed him through multiple funnels, produce good um, educational content um, that takes that prospect along that journey. So, so just on that, I guess, let, let's talk a little bit about sales, right? So it's a it's pretty close to my heart. I've, I've, I've come from a sales background, have been for, for a long time. Um, I manage the sales team here, here at Impressive, um, and we've been able to drastically increase our conversion rates by just following this exact process we've been talking about and, and utilizing automation. So, you know, just on that, for, for our listeners, um, Don, what sort of value can we give them around structure in their sales team? And at what stage can we say to them that, you know, hey, this is an actual qualified lead that is now worthy of a sales consultant to, to, to speak to them. So I guess that looks into what the, you know, for a particular business, what that sales cycle actually looks like. What actually happens is the person get in touch with the salesperson, salesperson goes away, puts together a proposal, comes back, that all of this is really important information because this is what you start to build into your, I guess, CRM. So you have the opportunity to build, you know, sequences to say, once a proposal is sent, do you send a couple of emails following up with, hey, here are some really cool testimonials of uh, some results we got, or here are some testimonials of our product working, or do you send them a series of emails that say, this is who we are, this is what we do, um, really further developing that relationship and their knowledge of your product and what you do. Yeah, and, and on that, you mentioned the number of series or a number of sequences, if you like, that the, that, that prospect can be enrolled in. So one in particular that we, we like to use here at Impressive is once the, the MQL or the marketing qualified lead is assigned to the sales consultant, they get in, that prospect then gets enrolled into, um, into a sequence that's made up of five emails and three tasks. Um, the, essentially, the first email, just to I, I give some insight into what, what, what's, what sort of content are we sending to this, to, to this prospect, is a welcome email. So, you know, thanks very much for the inquiry. You know, my name is Rob. Here's a link to my calendar. Please pick a time that best suits you for us to have a chat and further discuss your business requirements. So it's a very um, soft email. Um, it's introducing myself um, or, or the salesperson with a link to their to, to my calendar, which they can access and book a time. If that sequ- if that email address doesn't, or sorry, if that email doesn't get answered, um, the second one then is uh, we put a delay on it. So two days later, another email is fired out that says, um, you know, hi, Mr. Customer, I have I still haven't heard from you. Um, just following up, um, you know, when's a good time for us to have a chat? So it's still a very soft email. Um, again, you can include delays as part of these sequences, which is the power of the automation function within within the platform. Three days, I typically leave it at three days after that where I put myself, um, I would put a task into the CRM to then contact uh, the prospect. Now, if I ring them and they still don't pick up, the sequence still continues. Um, and then there's, a, there's, two, there's three more emails and two more tasks that follow up this, this prospect. If it gets to the end of the sequence and the prospect is still not engaged um, and they haven't replied to my emails or haven't booked in a time to call, we typically tag this as a cold prospect and we take it out and put into different workflows um, that would further nurture that, that prospect um, into them becoming, um, in, into becoming again into a marketing qualified lead. So that entire pros- process traditionally would have been done manually um, I know a lot of sales organizations or a lot of organizations, their sales function would have draft emails that sit there in their inbox um, and they just copy and paste. All this can be done out of, um, out of a CRM and a marketing automation 
platform. That's the beauty of it, about it is that you increase efficiency. And there's a lot of data around this on the internet and a lot of research has been done. Um, in fact, one I was reading um, recently is that it used to take seven touch points to get in contact with a prospect. Um, that was three years ago. It's now up to 11. And we know from historical data that sales consultant will actually abandon that lead at the third touch point. So imagine some of these businesses that A, we're speaking to and that exist out there that have you know, thousands and thousands of people in the database with you know, a lot of opportunity that haven't even been captured because the sales consultant abandoned that at the, at, at the third, third attempt. Um, so it's some very interesting stats and it's, it's, it's something that we're doing a lot of work with at the moment with especially larger organizations that have tens and thousands of people on their database um, that need to be segmented and you know, communicated to, so I guess revive some of these, some of these opportunities. So have you got, um, I guess, tactics around how to segment out, you know, a database of, you know, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 um, contacts and how to re-engage them? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the, what was the interesting thing that you touched on before I answered the question was the actual number of emails in the sequence. I think a big question a lot of people have, and I also had when I first started in this area was, well, well how much do I, you know, how many emails should I be sending? Hmm. And I think the answer to that is actually like no one really has the answer. Traditionally in sales, you know, all of the direct response guys like Drayton Bird and all of those say five or more, which is generally, you know, they say after five is when you actually start to get a response. Yeah. And I think the answer to that, yeah, you could do five. Maybe that doesn't work for you. Maybe, but that's the kind of the beauty in this kind of technology is that you have the opportunity to actually split test multiple different scenarios. So you know, generally, generally you'd start with three mm, and then spit mm. test that against five. And then you'd look at the results, you know, are they converting higher that you're getting a better response from three or five? And then it's five. All right. Well, what are we saying in these five emails? Is five or seven better? And you, I think the, there should be always in an organization, some sort of framework to split test these things. Um, I, I agree. And I think even just on that, there are certain days of the week and certain times of the day where you should actually be sending out emails. You know, I get, I know I'm enrolled in a number of sequences of, of, of um, brands out there and companies that are trying to sell me stuff, but you know, I get emails in the, in the middle of the night. Now, sure, I, I, I believe they're probably in different time zones, but they should take into consideration the fact that I am in Australia and that I'm probably only going to be reading my emails at a particular time of day. So again, just on your point, that's something that can be split tested yeah. to ensure the best open rates and success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of getting that um, engagement from people that have remained dormant, I think that's where you can actually start looking at, well, what are you saying to these people? What information do you have to target them with something that's personalized, with something that's super relevant, which I think is best practice and is kind of expected in the world we live in now. Like if you look at Airbnb, if you book something through there, you're going to get some really, really like a good series of emails about your reservation. You'll get reminded yeah. before, it, you know, before it starts. You get an email saying, invite the people that are coming with you. I think all of that kind of stuff is, they're a company that are really, really thinking well about this space. They're really using the information that they get. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're getting a new lead and you're asking for industry, you should definitely be speaking to that industry specifically with any follow-up emails so if you're going to trigger some emails you really should be looking at how how and what are you saying is speaking to the person on the one-to-one -one level instead of blasting everyone like everyone's kind of used to doing 
and that's the beauty about these platforms that you can actually run dynamic personalized content to them so it's not hey one message that goes out to the database every month you're actually speaking to different segments and different industries and even different personas within that automation platform in a different way so it's a very tailored message which in turn results into a higher click-through rate um, and a higher open rate of the emails as well something that we notice is you know, a lot of businesses spam their database on a monthly basis with one newsletter or one piece of content that might not even be relevant to, you know, 20, 25, 30, 40% of the database. So it's key that, you know, the message is highly personalized. Um, and that's, again, something that can be done through some of these some of these platforms. Yeah, I think it's something that can be done, but absolutely something that should be done. And I yeah. think a lot of people don't really, I guess they don't know where to start. They don't know, you know, what data they should get. Yes. Um, some people actually ask for too much information, which I think the general rule is if you're not going to use it meaningfully, don't ask for it. Yes. Um, so that's kind of, you know, if you need some information for lead scoring, sure. Um, if you're just getting it for the sake of it, but doesn't really help anyone in any way, then maybe you could leave it out. So Rob, you've said that, um, you know, it is pretty critical for some businesses these days to run some sort of automation or at least use this kind of technology. So. I think for you, when what do you see in a business when you say, "Well, you should you should really be doing this." Yeah, I mean, one of the questions I ask Don is, you know, what where's your main ecosystem, and what's the main repository for all your contacts and all your leads? Um, and it baffles me when I speak to businesses that still use spreadsheets. I mean, that's you know, we're we're in 2019, and with all due respect to some of these businesses, but there's plenty of free tools out there that can really structure your contacts. You know, we've got a couple here that that we're partners with and we we use so. My recommendation would be to, you know, start the journey nice and slow um, and, and stage it out over, a, you know, whether it's a 90-day sprint or, you know, six months or a year, but at least have somewhere where all your contacts and all your clients, essentially, all your customers live. So that way, when you start engaging in automation and, you know, some of the, the, the cool funky stuff that we've been talking about, you've actually got a base and a foundation to start off. So, you know, I'll take this opportunity with anyone that is listening that would like to get some, um, some assistance, some help uh, with automating or, you know, restructuring the, the, the database to, to get in touch with us. Uh, we've got, you know, lots of experience in this space. It's something that I do on the side as far as consulting. Uh, so we'd be happy to lend my thoughts and, and assist where I can. Um, I think one more thing before we finish, actually, which is interesting that you touched on, is the idea of having one main repository. Yes. Um, I think, you know, some people might not be using a spreadsheet, but they may have multiple systems where, you know, they have their clients living here, they have their uh, leads living in a spreadsheet, they have all their customer orders living somewhere else. So I think that whole idea of having everything in one platform actually does give you the power to start automating these things because you know where everyone's at. You have all the information you need. So Yeah. So as an so so what would be one of your go to platforms, I guess, Don, for you know, that that you would I guess what is a go to platform for you? Yeah, I think since we're talking about sales and marketing, I'd probably highly recommend HubSpot. Okay, um, yep, yep. And that's obviously what we use here internally as well. So yeah. it's, a, it's a great platform for small to medium businesses. Absolutely. And if you're talking about automating marketing and sales, I think they have everything you need in that platform to manage that whole process. You can have um, all of your leads, all of your contacts living in here. You can start creating audiences and pushing them to your ads, AdWords account, which is you know automating the marketing process because you know if you have someone that you've sent a proposal to, you don't really want to send ads out that are saying hey get you know get 20% off because you know they're already 
willing to pay full price for something. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing if you have someone that's at the start of the funnel, you still want to bring them in and get their attention with something you might have emailed them. So you kind of increase that cross-channel experience. So you're essentially sending the right message to the right person at the right time. So if your data is all over the shop and you have no visibility of who your customers are and you're sending an email, you know, about sign up to customers, that's where I think that's I think where a lot of the problem is and I think where most people get stuck. Very good points, mate. Very good points. Very valid points. Um, all right, Rob. I think we'll stop it there because we both could probably just talk about this all day till the cows go home yes. because we're very, <laughs> very excited about it um, and we very much work in it every day. So for any listeners that want to know more, feel free to get in touch. Thank you, Rob, for joining us. Pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me. No problem. And thank you to the listeners. If you enjoyed the podcast, then please jump onto iTunes or Stitch Up and subscribe and give us a five-star review, please. <laughs>